Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Bridgewater Church. Hi, family and friends, and maybe you're brand new and you found your way over to our 10.30 Sunday morning service. Perhaps you're even seeing this sometime during the week. Welcome. It's good to be with you, and it's wonderful to be able to share. I'm Pastor Drew, and I've been on a little bit of a, a preaching break in the last few weeks, and it's great to come back with a brand new series. But I need you to do something. Just right now, as we're getting started, would you go, if you have the ability, and prepare to receive communion at the end of this message? Just go, and maybe you've got some juice or crackers. It doesn't really matter what you have, maybe in the fridge or Possibly it's even a piece of bread, but just take a moment right now and go and and find those elements because we will want to be able to receive communion together at the end of this message. It'll make more sense in just a few minutes. And while you're scrambling and you're getting ready for this message, I just wonder how you're doing with all of the heat this summer. Have you been hot? Man, I have been so warm. I had the opportunity to be on vacation for a few days. And that first day of vacation, I was just sweating and I was hot. It reminded me of a time that I was on the island of Sri Lanka. Now, Sri Lanka is a small island off the coast of India. And I was there with some missionaries, and we were teaching and preaching. And on one Sunday, the missionaries took us to a small church that was located in the center of a tea crop. They, they saw it as a tea village. It was amazing. I'm talking about the kind of tea that you would uh, drink on a, on a cool day, iced tea or maybe hot tea. We're in the middle of this beautiful green crop of tea that went for miles. And here was a small village, and we went in on Sunday morning, and there was a one-room church, and I was asked to preach. I had an interpreter And I began preaching. And the more that I preached, the hotter I got. Here's why. In Sri Lanka that day, it was somewhere close to 100 degrees. Now think about it. We were inside with no air conditioning and really no fans. It was a small room with lots of bodies, a lot of people. How about this? The heat index was even higher and the humidity it was over 85%. Are you hot yet? Are you sweating? Well, this is a picture of me praying with people after the message. Our interpreter, and, and he's also a pastor, the pastor of the local church is the taller gentleman, 
and there I am with my hand in the air praying for someone, and if you could literally get close enough, you would see in this picture there are beads of sweat all over my forehead. Now, the reason I'm talking about this, this heat, is because we are beginning a new series called Cool Off and Breathe. If you've been tracking with us the last few weeks in July, various speakers have helped us understand what it is like when God begins to move. But now, I want to I share something that seems more ironic. Does it make sense that if God begins to move, what he wants us to do is to rest, to cool off and breathe? Wow, if God is beginning to move, shouldn't I uh, be doing something? Isn't there a to-do list that I need to be capturing every detail? The verse that I want to share with you, in fact, it's two verses, Acts chapter 3, 19 through 20, really is our theme verse as we dive into the next few weeks, for the next few weeks, will be in Acts chapter 3 and 4. And this is the theme verse. Peter said this, the apostle Peter said to the people, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Now, Jesus has already died on the cross. Jesus is resurrected. He's ascended into heaven by the time that Peter is sharing with a crowd of people in Jerusalem. But what he says is so interesting. Literally, he says that we need to repent of our sins, focus on God so that Jesus can refresh us. Let me give you the literal meaning of the word refresh in the Greek language that would have been used in that day. It means a season of cooling like a cold drink of water on a hot day or a recovery of breath that leads to revival. I need to share something with you today. This sets the theme for us for the next few weeks, and I, I know this is going to be foreign to you. When God begins to move, God is asking us to focus on Jesus and allow God to refresh us from the inside out. He doesn't want us to to get busy with more things. He doesn't want us to worry. He doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. This goes against the grain, doesn't it? Throw your to-do list away. Instead, let's wait on the Lord and prepare for a time to catch our breath so that God can bring us cool, living water through Jesus Christ, that will lead to revival. Come on. Can, can we all agree about this? After everything we've been through over the last two years, who wants a refreshment that only God can give? But you know what the struggle is? 
The struggle is, is that often I think I'm responsible to do everything that I have to do to make sure that God can bless me. No, 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 no. I, I want to try to blow your minds here over the next few weeks. I want to dive into Acts chapter 3 and 4, and I want to say to all of us, let's cool off and breathe so that God can refresh us and prepare us for a revival that only God can give. Now, I know you're, you're kind of backing up, right? You're, you're like, you're, man, wait a minute. You know, you're thinking, I got a lot to do before fall comes. I, I got to find my, you know what? Pastor Kay was even saying, you know, I'm going to have to find my snow shovel. Kay loves snow. She can't wait. But, but you know what? I, I don't want all of us to keep in this rat race after everything we've been through. Let's just take a pause. August is the pause month when it's so hot, and let's cool off and breathe. Let's ask Jesus for refreshment. Does that sound good to anybody? Now, I want to actually show you how God works when we wait on him. I'm going to show you that. And it starts today in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And I want to talk about when the expected becomes the unexpected. So there's three choices we have to make in our minds. Now, I'm not talking about things you've got to do. I just want you to wrap your mind around this and begin to prepare for three essential insights that God wants to give us so that we can cool off and breathe. He's ready to refresh us if we will depend and wait on him. So let's get started. Acts chapter 3, and I want to read verses 1 through 5. It's a great story, one of my favorites. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Here's our first insight. To be refreshed, we must be willing to move from expectation to participation. Now, I want to explain this to you, but first I've got to give you the setting. So in biblical times, what is, is so cool, I think this is so awesome, that even after Jesus came and he died on the cross and rose again and gave new life to his followers, just as he does to us, have you ever really listened to the words that Luke, Luke is our author of Acts. Luke shares with us that John and Peter, and apparently the other disciples, even though they would be considered followers of Jesus, first and foremost, they still went to the temple as committed Jewish men. They, they were going to temple at 3 p.m., and we're told that they go 
to the gate beautiful. Now, this is interesting. I've got a couple of pictures that you see up in front of you, and I think they're just incredible uh, uh, shots. These are contemporary. I'm not sure exactly when they were taken, uh, but I found these, and I knew I had to show them to you because if you look, on one side, you'll see crumbling stairs. Many scholars believe these would be the stairs leading up to what we see in Acts chapter 3 called the gate beautiful. Now, I know the stairs don't look real beautiful, but they, they're, they're leading up. Now, now, this is harder to see, but do you see there as you're looking at uh, your, your TVs, your phones, whatever uh, iPad device you're on, can you see that little hole in the wall that looks like a window? If we were closer, if we were in Jerusalem, it would literally be a doorway. And in Jesus' day, there would have been two doorways there called the double gate, or many scholars believe this would have been the gate beautiful. And the reason it was the gate beautiful, if you look on the other side, that's a picture today of even an ancient room. But can you imagine this in biblical times, the architecture? This is what you would have found. The stairs would have gone all the way to the door, up high on the wall, and then you would have walked in to this incredible passageway with, with high ceilings and beautiful uh, painting on the wall, and then into Solomon's colonnade and the temple courts. Now, why is this important? Do you see the crumbling steps? Focus on that a minute. That's where Peter and John would have found this beggar. As they're going to temple at 3 p.m., they would find a beggar along with many other people that were lame and in need. They would have found this man. And I have to be honest. I think Peter and John were probably talking about the incredible miracles of God as they were walking up the steps to go to temple to worship. In fact, this term would not have been used, but when I think about them, they are truly Messianic Jews. Long before, or much earlier than we find that term today, but these are Jewish men who are followers of Christ. It is the first century church, and God is doing miraculous things. Uh, Pastor Liz reminded us last week that after Peter preached the first message, then, more than 3,000 men, it would have been in the thousands of people, came to know Christ as their Savior, believed in Jesus, and were baptized. So can you imagine, as Peter and John are walking up the steps, they're talking about the incredible things Jesus is doing in their midst through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, their attention is diverted as a lame man, invalid, sitting on the steps, calls out and says, do you have any money? Wow. I think we're about ready for our first insight. If we want to be refreshed, we have to move from expectation to participation, and here's why. If we look closely 
in this story. The man literally, we're told by Luke, our author, he literally expects the same old, same old. There's a phrase. Have you heard it? If, you've all, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. I can fall into that trap, can you? See, I, I want to do more. I want to add more to my list. I want to check more things off. And God is saying to me, will you just trust Jesus? Will, will you just let Jesus intercede for you? He's at the right hand of the Father. Would you just rest in him and stop worrying about everything? Why? Because worry creates a daily rut that we get into. That's this cripple. In fact, we'll see this in, 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 a, in a week or two. We'll see that in this uh, passage of Scripture, we're actually told that the man is more than 40 years old. He, he's had wonderful family and friends that have brought him to the temple every day. But that was his, his routine. Bring me to the temple, sit me on the stairs, I'll beg for money. And then come back and get me. Here's something else that I think is ironic. Are you ready for this? It's called the gate beautiful. But because of his uh, disabilities, in Jewish law, he wasn't able to go through the gate. He couldn't go into the temple. But he sits under the gate beautiful, waiting with expectations that other people will do for him. Can I ask a a tough question. I've been asking it of myself a lot these last few weeks. Do you and I ever have more expectations of other people than we have of ourselves? Do you and I ever have more expectations of what God should do than we are willing to participate in what God wants us to do? That, that's a tough question. It reminds me of the story. I love this. This is an incredible story. Trula Kronk. Isn't that a beautiful name? Trula Kronk. Trula was a young uh, girl in Appalachia years and years, decades ago. And she ended up being homeless. She was an orphan. And she ended up in a, in a Christian girl's orphanage. And one day, a woman came and shared. She had been a, a missionary, and she shared with the young, young children of the church, and she said, you should really think about missions. Have you ever thought about being a missionary? And she told wonderful stories. Well, Trula's Sunday school teacher leaned over and said, Trula, I think you'd make a wonderful missionary. Has anybody ever said something to you and it ticked you off? Has anybody ever tried to share the love of God with you in a way that it, it just puts you uh, on a defensive mode. Sure, it's happened to me. You know, I want to praise God and love God, but wow, when it really comes to participating with God wants me to do, it really means I am going to have to make a change. And, and long story short, Trula fought for years into adulthood. She had expectations of what she wanted God to to do for her without the willingness to participate in what God wanted to do through her. Isn't that the beggar that we see on the steps? Give me money. 
give me money. Just give me money. That's what I want. He had expectations. Where are we in this moment of expectations that override our willingness for participation? And I want to just tell you about Trula Kronk. Trula ended up going to India. She finally settled the issue. She called it crossing the Rubicon. Look it up. It's a wonderful story. But here's what really matters to me. What blesses me. I actually got to talk to Trula Kronk on the phone years ago after I had been to India. Folks, I don't know what God wants to do in your life, but are you open-minded? Are you ready for moments of refreshing that bring revival? But listen to Pastor Mark Batterson. He's spot on. If you want God to do something new in you, you cannot keep doing the same old thing. You have to do something different. And if you do, God will create new capacities within you. There will be new gifts and new revelations. But you've got to pay the price. You've got to pray the price. You'll get out of this what you put into it. Now, I know this is odd. That's an odd phrase, isn't it? I even stumbled over it, that you have to pay the price. He's saying you've got to pray it. You've got to seek God in it. You have to be open to move from all the expectations we have of others and of God and begin to prepare for a time of revival and refreshment when we participate with God. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's give this next insight. So what happened? Acts 3, 6 through 8, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Wow. <laughs> One word, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Here's our next insight. It's really a, a choice for us to be refreshed, move from the natural to the supernatural. Move from the natural to the supernatural. Now, grab this in your mind. The man thinks he has expectations of what he's going to get. I like the word get. Not just receive. He wants something. I want money from you too. Peter is moved by the refreshing, cool drink of living water. He doesn't just say to the man, I don't have any money. He doesn't say to the man, what, what are you asking me for? I need money. You need money. We all need money. No, he, he's, he, listen church, Peter is intimate with God. He's intimate with God. He's been watching and preparing for God to move. Great things are happening. Miracles are happening all around him. And then, as the Holy Spirit begins to move in Peter's life, he feels the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit with confidence to say to the man, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, which, can I just pause, can I add something here, is this okay? What I do have, which is better than your expectations. If you'll start in participation by faith, get up and walk. 
this second insight is, is incredible. We have to be willing to move from the natural to the supernatural. I have read this before, but Pastor Tim Keller has an incredible insight on miracles that we need. We modern people think of miracles as the suspension of the natural order. But Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease, hunger, and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem where it is wrong and heal the world where it is broken. His miracles are not just proofs that he has power, but also wonderful foretaste of what he's going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just a challenge to our minds, but a promise to our hearts that the world we all want is coming. And I want you to hear this, church. In this story and in our lives today, this is crucial. Peter did not want a suspension of the natural order, sickness, the man being an invalid, He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, I'm living in, I am living in the supernatural. It's not a suspension, it's a flow. This is so exciting. If we want a cool drink of water, if we want to catch our breath and be refreshed by God, we need to repent of our sins, and then we need to prepare so that God will help us have a mind shift and realize that we are conduits of miraculous grace right now. Now, now let me just, let me explain this. Okay, so this is important. I believe in miracles. So somebody's probably gonna kind of poo-poo this, but yes, I believe that babies being born are miracles. I really do. I also believe that in this day that we're talking about in Acts chapter 3, there was not the breakthroughs that God has given the medical community over the last 2,000 years. Those breakthroughs weren't then as we have them now. And I believe that God uses surgeons to do miraculous things physically, mentally, emotionally. Doctors are so important in our lives. But I also want you to understand this. We've got to stop limiting with doubt what God can do. Our doubts and lack of faith, I believe, are barriers to what God can do. I was in Pennsylvania when a woman named Ruth, and I love telling this story, I had been on vacation. I came back, and Ruth, a woman probably in her 50s, came up to me and she said, Pastor, do you see what's different about me? And I said, "Uh, Ruth, you're just incredibly joyful, and I need to be honest with my church. Can I I just tell you this, church? It went over my head because of my expectations. I had always seen Ruth as someone in a wheelchair who was an invalid, who struggled with so many ailments but loved Jesus. That's how I saw her. So that when she came to me that morning, I missed this until she called it out. She said, look at me, Pastor, I'm walking. And I, I just, I had to catch my breath. 
I said, Ruth, what happened? She said, I was watching a TV preacher. I, we're all TV preachers now. She said, I was walking a t- watching a TV preacher, and at the end of the show, he said, uh, at the end of the message, he said, I want to pray for you, and I believe that there are those of you that are watching right now that will be healed. And Ruth said, before I went to bed and called my husband to take me to bed, she said, uh, well, if God can do it for other people, why can't he do it for me? So she said, I prayed by faith, and the next morning when I got up, I could walk. Are, are there any wows in the house? Are, are you skeptical? Oh, I get it. I get it. We live in a skeptical world that doesn't believe in anything. And yet miracles are all around us. Why? Because there is a choice to be made. If we're going to watch God bring refreshment and the coolness of, uh, of this divine revelation and revival that he has waiting for us, come on now. We've all got to realize that, that God is ready to use us as conduits and, and the, the natural order needs to flow into the supernatural. It doesn't mean that we're freakish. It doesn't mean that we're off the wall. It doesn't mean that we're fanatical. It's just that we believe God can do things. Not long ago, a man in this church came to me on a Sunday morning and said, I want you to pray with me. We got some people. He had a tumor on his thyroid gland. We prayed for him. He said, I believe it's not going to be an issue. They had told him it was cancer. And when they removed the tumor, it was benign. There was no cancer. They were amazed. Why not? That's the God we serve. The problem isn't with the miraculous, refreshing God we serve. Our struggles are within us. And what I'm asking you to do, what I'm asking you to do, is to rest and prepare for the refreshment that God has, which leads to this incredible last piece. Let let me just read what happens. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Now, let me bridge this gap, okay? Let, Let me bridge this gap. So the man gets up, and don't miss this, this is a message in and of itself. The man needed the help of Peter to get up at first. Folks, be a part of the miracle. Go from expectation to participation, from the natural to the supernatural, and then this third insight, be refreshed. We have to choose to move from the expected to the unexpected, which is the title of this message. We have to move from the expected to the unexpected. The man expected to remain seated, an invalid who was disabled. Peter, by faith, saw the mustard seed, the glimmer of hope in this man, and he was willing to get up, but Peter came up to him and helped him get up. He wasn't getting money. He was getting up. And the man, we're told, we're told in the previous verse, we're told that he jumped up. Literally, it means he leapt forward. It was a lunge. He didn't get up and was all wobbly and I, I think I can walk. He didn't do that. He got up in the strength and the power of Jesus Christ. And I believe it happened. I believe it. I hope you believe it. Because he moved from the expected to the unexpected, and then this happened. 
this insight is so incredible. He walks into the temple courts praising God. Now think about it. The, the gate beautiful had been a barrier. Now the gate beautiful was a bridge. Folks, a lot of the things in our lives that are barriers are actually waiting to become bridges that God can help us walk across because of the miracles that he has waiting. But we can't keep having expectations of God to do everything for us. We can't keep denying and being skeptical of the supernatural that God can bring about in our lives and the miraculous. Instead, we have to be willing to move from the expected to the unexpected. That's a mind thing. That's a heart thing before it becomes a physical thing. That's where the refreshment and the revival, this cooling of catching our breath comes from. It, it puts aside worry. It puts aside fear. And when the man walked, people recognized him. I don't know. Maybe he was the loudest beggar shouting at people for money. I don't know. But they recognized him as the man on the outside of the gate beautiful. And now they see him as the man on the inside of God's house worshiping and praising. And you know what they did? They all worshiped and they praised God as well. Listen, I need you to hear there's two applications at this moment. If we're going to be refreshed and move from the expected to the unexpected, here's the first thing. You and I have to be willing to praise God before we receive what's worthy of God's praise. Now, everything is worthy of God's praise. You know that. But if there are things in your life that you want, I can almost guarantee that probably we're never going to receive it the way that we think it's going to happen because of our expectations, but God has even greater blessings. The man didn't need coins. He needed to walk. He needed a miracle. What do you need today? What, what do you want God to do? Not out of expectation, but out of participation. How do you want to join God in the ministry of his kingdom. We have to move from the expected to the unexpected. And then, you know what? Here's the second application. We have, to, we have to celebrate. We have to praise God. We have to give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. This morning, I want to challenge you to cool off and breathe. Now, I asked you to do this at the beginning of the message, and I'm, I'm asking you to do this now. I, I have the little cups we use here at the church. Uh, there's a wafer on the top, and then the juice is on the bottom. But you know what? Whatever you have, maybe you're gluten-free, and you had to go find something gluten-free to participate. Would you get those elements right now? Would you please go get those? Now, remember, I told you and explained in the beginning that this idea of refreshment means to literally catch our breath, to cool off like a cold drink of divine living water has been given to us on a scorchingly hot day. I want to help you get ready to move from the expected to the unexpected. And to do that, can we just come into God's presence together? 
can we take this moment? Because I can't think of anything that's more refreshing than to be able to receive communion together and to taste the wafer and the juice. Now, just in case, and I hope this is true, maybe there's many of you who have never received communion. That's beautiful. Maybe you went and got the elements right now. That's amazing. Please, thank you. But for us to receive this, we have to ask Jesus to be our Savior. So the very first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And if you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, please do that. Please ask Jesus to be your Savior. And then you'll be ready to receive the bread, symbolic of the body that he's given, and the juice is symbolic of the blood that he shed for us. It's time for refreshment. Let's pray. Father, right now, for anyone who has not received Jesus as their Savior, but knows that they need to repent of their sins, because none of us can save ourselves, God, I pray that right now, the people listening would simply pray, Jesus, forgive me for my sins and become my Savior, I believe. Father, for those that are praying that right now, save them, transform them. And God, may they continue their journey of growth and joy. May refreshment come to their lives. And for everyone who has asked Jesus to be their Savior, as we participate in this holy communion, we wait for you to give us the cooling drink of divine water that leads to revival. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Would you raise your eyes? Let's receive this together. Jesus in the upper room before he died on the cross took the bread, they broke it together as disciples, and he said, take and eat. Then he took the juice. He said, this represents the blood that will be shed for you. Take and drink. And then it says that after they concluded, they went out singing a hymn. My prayer for you is that you'll go out singing and worshiping this week and giving God all the praise and glory. In fact, stay with us and listen to some of the worship that's coming up right here at the end of the message. And Pastor Liz, our online pastor, reach out to her if you've asked Jesus to be your Savior. Tell her, my name is. Tell her that you've asked Jesus to be your Savior. And let's prepare for God to take the expected, turn it into the unexpected, and let's wait and rest as God prepares us for a season of refreshing. I love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. 
We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. 